Hey everyone, this is Leela Sinha. Welcome to Power Pivot, the podcast version two. This is where we talk about business, leadership, ethics, community, and the way it all fits together. I'm glad you're here. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. The hardest thing for me about a public face is the difference between artifice and grace, which sometimes feels like the thinnest possible line. And sometimes it just feels like lies, and I don't like lies. They've never served me well. I don't maintain a falsehood into the future. I can make up a story on the fly, but I won't remember how it started by the time it ends, much less long enough to carry it forward as though we were friends. We're not friends. We're something else. We're uncomfortable, awkward bedfellows. It's the same with makeup. The thing I don't like is the thing where I would be trying to pretend to look like something I'm not. It just doesn't sit right, fit right. Leaves me feeling like I can't breathe or touch my face. My hands end up smeared with paint. And questioning why it is that I have to be something different and make myself so faint. I don't, I don't want to be anybody but who I am for you, for my clients, for the world. I don't think the fake me has much good to say, frankly. And I have so many words that are real. I have so many thoughts that are real. I have so many everythings that are real. Why would I waste time and energy putting forth something that isn't? Now, this isn't the same as fiction, where we tell a story that has more truths than just the facts. And sometimes costume is important because it opens doors. It makes us believable as the people we know ourselves to be to the people who have to believe us in order for us to get into the room. But recently, and by recently I mean over the last several years, maybe since 2017, I don't know, I've been experimenting with the possibility that makeup does not have to be an artifice, that it can be a bold-faced statement in the same way a shirt is. Nobody believes that the shirt is your skin. We all know you put it on over the top to look a certain way, to get a certain kind of environmental comfort because it's considered appropriate or necessary or proper in that context because you felt like it, because you thought it would help you, because who knows why. But we all know that it's not your skin, and we don't expect it to be your skin. And we're kind of curious to see what skin you would put on if you put a skin on over your skin. And so we look at the clothes you wear to find out a little bit about who you are. And what if makeup could be like that, I started asking. Looking 
at my pua, putting a bindi on her forehead, looking at my cousins, putting on lipstick so bright you couldn't possibly mistake it for homegrown. It was a weird moment because they wanted me to dress up, to look a certain way, to meet a certain standard that was culturally embedded. And I was there for eight months. I was a guest in the culture, but I was also of the culture, and I wanted to do it right. And so I acquiesced. I didn't fight the way that usually I would have at 24 years old American queer feminist. (laughs) Instead, I said, okay, but not not too bold. I want it to look like me. And so my aunt found me a lipstick, the exact color of my lips. And I wore these tiny, tiny, tiny red bindis, clearly a bindi, but nothing more than just a placeholder. And then a few months in, I decided to pierce my nose, which is an odd decision because I already knew that I was not a girl. But I had found the part of me that liked flash and ornament, that liked swirly skirts and bright colors, and I didn't want to forget. I knew I was returning to a country where the darker and more boring your clothes are, the more respect you get, and I did not want to be that person anymore. I was awakened to smells and colors and sounds and ways of being that were part of my blood and that I had not had access to. And so I pierced my nose and I got a little sparkly pin for it. And aside from having to let it heal and repierce it, I have worn that nose pin since that trip in 1999 because I did not want to lose the part of me that was so easy to efface to make my life easier. And it has become a part of me. It would be really weird now if I didn't wear a nose pin, and I love it. And so over the last few years, I have started to ask myself the questions that that nose pin evokes. What if... I could wear stripes of bright color on my face, ones that are so clearly not me that they express a deliberate choice about me instead of trying to present me as something that is not me. And what if I wore those along with a three-day scruff? What if I wore those along with a button-down shirt? What if I wore those along with my 18th century men's clothing? Where are the lines and why should they stop where they do? And how do we use the tools that we have to be truly boldly who we are in the public eye so that so that we can shift 
the conversation so that we can open different doors, so that we can move through the world more freely and make the world more free for everyone. This has been Power Pivot, the podcast. I'm your host, Leela Sinha. Thank you for listening. I offer gratitude for the earth and sky and the support and care of many who cross my path. Our post-production assistance is provided by William Jameson, and you can find him at jamesonav.net. You can find more of me and my work, including leadership consulting and keynotes, at intensiveinstitute.com.